At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't think there's anything as effective I can add as what everyone else has said, but all I can add to it is that the first time I heard this song, I was as on the edge of my seat as if I was reading a really good book. Like I wanted to know what happened. everyone, Jesse Jackson here on the second part of our Writer's Roundtable. Uh, if you listened to yesterday's episode, you know that we gathered a group of writers to bring us what they thought were Bruce Springsteen's best written song. We have narrowed it down to 11 choices, and now we're going to drop it down to the top five. So if you haven't listened to yesterday's episode, you can listen to this one first and then go back and hear how we got to this 11. Or if you want, save this one, listen to the first one, and then come back. Either way, be sure and listen to this episode because I think you're going to love hearing us get to these five songs. Thanks. It's hard to argue with the river or highway patrolman. Um, so so certainly I'm not going to how, how many songs do we have now, Jesse? So we have we have eleven. <laughs> so you want to take it down to five? We have three that are we have the river, the highway patrolman, and brilliant disguise, which have had the most things. Do we want to put two in that crowd with it and see if we can come well, out of and- that five with one? And you one know, of them's got to be Thunder Road, right? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. After, I think after, we got to put Thunder Road yeah, in. We, I, yeah. So, and, and despite my pleas for Outlaw Pete, like, it's not better. That song is not better than Reason to Believe, and it's not better than Born to Run. Okay. So, all right. Well, all right, so for sure, the River and Highway Patrol, and everyone agrees, should go. I do think we should talk about them, though. So, yeah, we, done that. <laughs> uh, yeah, we probably should have done that. All right. So, here's my story. I was, we were eating dinner last night. We went out to eat Tex Mex, and Linda's like, Oh, what do you got going on? And I was telling her we we're going to do this tonight. And she says, Oh, we're, what are your picks? And I said, Well, I would pick the river. 
even though it's depressing. And I said, because it does tell a great story and then Highway Patrolman. And she goes, I don't know that song. And I said, okay, on the way home, I'll play it. Do you want to hear the Johnny Cash version or the Bruce Springsteen version? She goes, no, I'm going to hear Johnny Cash before I hear Bruce anytime. So she had never heard the song. And I brought up the lyrics and she was blown away. She's like, why does Bruce not do this every concert? This is an amazing song, you know? And I said, yeah, I've never heard it live. And she's like, can you play it again? Sean Penn made a movie out of it, right? It is, it, it, and I'll let you guys talk about it and then we'll talk about the river. It is just a beautiful little short story that so much is implied not only does he love his brother, but doesn't he have the guilt that he didn't go to Vietnam and his brother had to, and how much of his brother's wild side was made worse by serving in Vietnam. And then does he do the right thing? And what happens at the next Thanksgiving dinner? (laughs) Craig, I'll let you start and then we'll go around the table. Listen, there's a straight up piece of writing as a story. It's amazing. I remember the first time I heard it, I cried. And again, it would just resonate with you. But even you look at the song they're dancing to, the night of the Johnstown flood, they're, they're dancing to a disaster. As a piece of writing, I think, like I said when I started, I think it's the hamlet of story songs. It's a beautiful story, well told, with real conflict. It's a masterpiece. That's my case. That's my thoughts on it. Michael? Yeah, I echo the way that he watches his taillights disappear. That's the whole crux of it at the very end, and it just sends chills whenever I hear that line because it's it's blood on blood, and you stick up for your family, and it's family first. And the entire is so eloquently crafted. I just love it. And yeah, it's definitely one that deserved to have a unanimous decision. Keith? It was funny. For years, I kept thinking this was State Trooper and Highway Patrolman was a different song. I was young. <laughs> but uh, I do um, think it's funny that they have both of them around there. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, it just, it creates, there's so much implied. Li- little things like the fact that they're taking turns dancing with Maria and yet he wound up marrying Maria while Frank went off to Vietnam. And, and I think it's not just guilt about not having fought in the war, but also in being the one who in essence got the girl. And the way family warps everything and can affect so much whether you want it to or not. And it just created such a vivid portrait of these two guys. The And you mentioned, why doesn't he ever do it live? He did do it live with during the Seeger Sessions tour. And there's a, the, and it's on the Live from Dublin album. And it's, and it's, and adding not just the band to it, but Patty Skialfa's backing vocals just makes it even more haunting. It's a stellar version, but even it's just 
there, there's so much story there and i'm not i i still haven't actually seen the sean penn movie i kept wanting to and then never getting around to it like far too many things in my life but <laughs> but you can easily see how you can make a movie out of this i've never seen the movie either it is on my list that yeah um jacqueline I don't really have anything to add other than I find it to be a very interesting perspective because I'm an only child. So that might be why I don't relate to it as well. (laughs) Yeah, it's because I'm very, like I told my therapist last week, I'm an all or nothing at all type of girl. And I said not to quote Springsteen too much. Of course, she didn't know that song. But but yeah, I like to think of myself as if I if this was my job and like someone in my family was doing something they shouldn't be doing that I would like to think that I'm going to follow policy and law and just hearing you guys talk about it I could see why there would be a lot of struggle with with that with having a brother or sister because if I try to put it in the perspective of my mom I might look the other way as Springsteen quotes it so so I mean I can only relate to it on a parental level but I do think the, I I think it's a fine choice to put in the very top because I do think the lyrics to that song are amazing. All right, Gabriel? I don't think there's anything as effective I can add as what everyone else has said, but all I can add to it is that the first time I heard this song, I was as on the edge of my seat as if I was reading a really good book. Like I wanted to know what happened. And when I finished listening to it, my first thought was they should make a movie out of that. And I looked it up and said that they had made a movie out of that, which oh, I also have never seen. But it was just before, at the end, does he do the right thing or not? No, I think the power of the song is that he does the wrong thing, but we completely understand why he did it. And that's, again, what makes it stick and what makes it complicated and what makes it interesting and how in just a couple of minutes, it gives you this really complicated, really empathetic story where we get to the end and we go, yeah, of course he was going to let his brother go. But at the same time, he shouldn't have. Like he says throughout the whole song, Frankie ain't no good. So it's, yeah, I just think it's an incredible piece of storytelling. It's a great short story by itself. And uh, I have, it was on my short list this morning. So I have no qualms whatsoever with it being in our top three or top Linda, five, top anything. Yeah. Linda wanted to know, is the guy dead? On the, he's laying on the <laughs> saloon. Has he has he let someone who killed murder? And I said, well, on my mind, Canon, he's just really hurt very bad. He's you would have said he kill him. Yeah, yeah. I, I just want to add one more thing about the top of this. Literary history wise, that opening lyric almost acts like a little Greek chorus where they tell you what's going to happen. But as a guy in TV, where you have to write these teasers that makes people interested in the show, so they watch it. When you get to the end of that first lyric, and he said, "I got a brother named Frankie, and Frankie ain't no good." you have everybody's attention, right? That There's no more compelling, I have to find out what happens next than that line right there. I also now want to 
in six weeks have everyone back and do a film. We all go watch the film and then come back and discuss it because I can, if we can find it. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely great. All right, so it's on like screen picks or something. Okay, yeah. all right, yeah. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. All right, so Gabriel, we're going to start with you with the river, and we'll go backwards, because last time you had to give everyone else listen and then you so you'll start with on uh, why this little song the river and before you start i'll give my favorite river story so we were in i was in nashville and someone had a sign that said it's my 21st birthday play the river and i went have they ever heard the song just because you're 21 just I just don't think that would be the song I would pick to celebrate my 21st birthday. But yes, I think in a lot of ways it's the most depressing song. And I also think about if I ever give up the Mary question, my question would be, is the couple in the river, have they had a successful marriage? Are they happy where they are? So Gabriel, talk about the river. I... <laughs> It's one of my most my most distinct and treasured Springsteen memories was I first discovered Springsteen when I was 17. And I've told you the story before, Jesse, how it was the Jonathan Tropper book, the book of Joe, which has this recurring Springsteen motif. 
And that was my favorite book when I was a teenager. And I was just like, all right, I need to listen to this guy's music to know what the book's talking about. Then I did. And I just never looked back. And I went through this obsessive phase when I was 17 of just like listening through all his albums, particularly one after another. And I heard the river for the first time. I loved it. I thought it was an incredibly powerful song and probably one of the most powerful songs I'd ever heard in my life up until that point. But the moment that really clinched it for me was listening to the live version. And I was on my way to a party that night, my last year of high school, I'm on my way to a party and I'm walking through the streets, listening to the live version listening to him telling the story about his dad and his dad being like, the army's going to get you. The army's going to get you. And ending with him saying he didn't pass the physical and his dad saying good. And I just sat there. Like I was walking through the streets, middle of the night, no one else around and head exposed to him to this party. My friend's waiting for me. And then suddenly I realized I didn't know where I was. I, I was lost. I was just so transfixed by this story that I had just wandered down some random side street, just kept walking. And then of course the song came in and I immediately had tears in my eyes and I just stood there in the middle of these empty streets, just overwhelmed by the emotion of this thing and by this story. And I think I then had to wait like another half an hour before I like continued on my way to go to the party because I was so overwhelmed by this and I needed to process it emotionally. And I remember like getting there, my friend was like, come on, we're going to go get drunk. We're going to get drunk. And I'm like, no, not right now, man. I just like, I just went through some shit. Okay. Like I need to process this. So look, it just, it, and I don't think I'd ever had an experience like that with a song before ever. And I don't think I ever really have since, not on the same level. No, The River, it's not a Springsteen song that I listen to a lot because I don't want to be miserable all the time. But it's a Springsteen song that when I do, just gets me so profoundly in the heart. It's a beautiful piece of writing. Jacqueline? Yeah, so I was 12 when I first got in introduced. It was, I was younger than that when it was introduced because my mom likes him. But I was 12 when I took the, at the time they were tapes and CDs were coming about. I, but when I took the power in my own hands and started really listening and ended up stealing all my mom's CDs of his stuff, which to this day she doesn't know about. <laughs> she thinks she lost them. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, the river is the part where he says, is a dream a lie if it don't come true or is it something worse? And anyone who's been through traumatic instances in their life, which usually by our age we've all been through one at least or more but I just I remember being a kid and I hadn't actually gone through a traumatic experience yet but I was starting to realize that my biological father wasn't a good person and so when I heard the lyrics of how this this young guy isn't able to live his dreams because of the choices he's made and in uh, him reflecting on what to me sounds like they they have a relationship that's just out of convenience at that point in their life. And I just think to myself when I was young and I heard it I said I'm not going to be like this I'm not going to 
make decisions on a whim or out of any kind of emotional reaction and now as an adult when I listen to it and I listen to it a lot especially the live versions it's again it's I know it's a super sad song but when I listen to it which I listen to it a lot I feel I feel comfort in it because I think about how other people go through traumatic events and other people go through dreams that have been lost and they're surviving or they're finding a way and I just feel to me it doesn't feel so much as a horribly sad song it's more like I feel connection with other people in a time where in my life I often feel very alone and so for me it gives me hope that I'm not alone with my feelings and that when I look back on when I was a young kid and I heard it for the first time and I'm really proud of myself for the decisions that I have made even though I've been through quite a bit of traumatic things in my life so that's the reason why I picked it as one of the top three very nice Craig First of all, Jacqueline, I love your description of that. I don't think of this song either as terribly depressing. I do think of it as sad, but I also think of it as beautiful. When you look at it as a piece of writing, the lyric, then I got married pregnant and man, that was all she wrote. And for my 19th birthday, I got a union card and a wedding coat. Just wonderful symbols of who he was going to be now. We went down to the courthouse and the judge put it all to rest, right? That's not celebratory. No wedding day smiles, no walk down the aisles, no flower, no wedding dress. Just a great example of showing rather than telling. And as far as the central metaphor of the river, when you think about a river, it's something that's permanent, but also transitory, right? Like it's there all the time, but it's constantly in motion and it's constantly changing. And I know he says the river is dry. I don't know if you meant that literally, but, you know, it certainly is a great metaphor for their love and where they were. And when you think about the ways they go down to the river, the first time it's sexual, they're young and getting pregnant and jumping in the water. And the next time it's after the wedding and it's an escape, almost hopeful. This is the thing that unifies us. And later when they go, when he goes down, it's just heartbreaking. And so to take that central metaphor and use it in different ways throughout the song is just a masterclass in, in writing something. I, I've always thought that if there's one Bruce Springsteen song that's hanging around and affecting people and folk singers are singing in bars in 100 years, it's going to be this one. I just think it's a master. Yeah, it's like, a masterpiece. I like what you say about the river and how yeah he can count on it to always be there but yeah obviously water is always flowing so yeah I like how you put that I thought that was interesting and 
Jason Isbell just had that song, you know, the river. The river is my savior because she used to be a cloud. She's happy just to be, lay there when she used to be so proud. I've recently gotten my hole out of the head and discovered Jason Isbell. And, wow, this guy might have a little something. Uh, and so, yeah, I think the river, it, the symbolism, right, of remembering her when she was at her beauty and the sun sparkling off the water is just a beautiful image. Michael? Well, it's, um, again, it's ambiguity, isn't it? It's, uh, first of all, here. It's cleansing. It's the uncertainty of their situation. You don't know what's going to happen to, again, Mary. And and the subject here, the narrator, you don't know if they're going to have a happy marriage. You don't know um, what happens to them down at the river. Is Did something bad happen to them? Or are they using the river as a metaphor for the way I've looked at it? I've always looked at the river of the song as a cleansing of all your past wrongs or your regrets you go down to cleanse yourself. It's a, I'm a Southern Baptist by when I was raised. I think of it as a baptism, as a taking off the old and being born again. Now, whether it's born again and religiously or born again, just as a, a new lease on life, as it were, I think it's, I think all these things could be brought out in this song and, Aside from the story itself, there's a deeper meaning underneath, which I think is, is makes it definitely worthy of the top three, top five, possibly even the number one. That's my take on it. And Keith, you get to last word. <laughs> you guys pretty much used up most of the words on it, but uh, the one thing I will say is every once in a while, there'll be when you're a writer, you'll come across a line or a phrase or a song or something that, that someone has written and you think, damn, I wish I could write something like that. And I had that with Springsteen all the time. And the river has several of those, including, especially what Jacqueline mentioned, is a dream alive if it don't come true or is it something worse? And I just, I hear that line, it just, <clears throat> and the, and, and also the there, there's two lines in particular that I love in this because it, it sums up what it's about. One is the line at the beginning about how they bring you up to do what your daddy done. And that's the whole thing. This whole song is about expectations of what you're supposed to do under a certain circumstance, whether you want to or not. And and then later when he says, I act like I don't remember and Mary acts like she don't care, which is one of the best descriptions of a yeah. crumbling marriage I've ever seen that everything that's going on right there just from those two lines that on top of that it's just it's a theme that springsteen has returned to many times it's it's what jungle land is about it's what spare parts is about it's youthful optimism giving way to a, adult responsibilities that, do you think it's about his parents at all it's about his, about his sister. sister yeah but 
You're happily married. Yeah, yeah, which I, I did. I knew he wrote the answer to the question. I knew he wrote it about his sister, but I meant like the overall genre of Springsteen's lyrics. Do you think he's referencing his parents' marriage? Because his dad was an alcoholic, right? Yeah, and suffered from depression. There's so much of that is very much the lower middle class white person experience, especially in the time between World War II and Vietnam. There's uh, and and afterward as well. There was there's a lot of industries that started falling apart or not happening. I I, I saw a lot of in I have a lot of family out in Western Pennsylvania where there was a lot of limestone mining and then that dried up and then there was a lot of there was a lot a lot of people pretty much everybody in my family worked at an oil refinery and then that went under they all worked in a town that god help me was actually called petrolia and yeah a lot of these people were living lives that felt like they came right out of a springsteen song and a lot of them did were doing what their parents did you you did what your daddy done and that's that that's a very a very universal not universal but it's a very common american experience no and yes i'm sure obviously his parents i'm sure were a huge influence because they could hardly not be but i think it it's even and one of the reasons why this one particularly resonates is because it goes beyond it's it's something that is a very com- a lot of people will re- will hear this song and recognize their own lives or the lives of somebody they know or care about in it. It's something as simple as a as a marriage that is not what they were hoping it would be when they first got when they first got together. You know, I think of the line, and lately there hadn't been work much work because the economy, and we go back to Arlo Guthrie's quote about his dad this was written in 80 it's now 2023 it is just as appropriate that line Hmm. the other thing that probably is too personal but i'm going to share it anyway there is a joke in my mom's side of the family that linda and i are weird because we met we fell in love we got married we had a kid in that order and how screwed up is that because no one else in my family did it in that order and that's funny but also a little sad so yeah so yeah i love that all right so we have the river highway patrolman thunder road that means we have seven songs i believe let me count with two spots left I almost feel like we should take Born to Run out of the choice just because that would make us four, but that doesn't seem fair. So I've done it in reverse alphabetical order because we did it in alphabetical order. It would be Born to Run first. So when you're alone, what what are you guys thinking? Is that, I think all of these are worthy to make the top five, but we only have two spots left. Thoughts on when you're alone. Anyone want to speak up, give a thought? I love what Gabriel said about it, but I wouldn't move it forward. I've, I've made my I'll, I'll extricate myself from the okay. from the decision making. Uh, uh, Craig, Craig, 
as pretty much speaks for me on that also. I, okay. I, I love Gabriel's case for it, but yeah, yeah everyone okay. wants to do it again because of you, bud. Yeah. Okay. Good. Right after this, right after we're done, I'm listening to it. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Reason to believe. Anyone want to make the case that it goes forward? I would put that one forward. Okay. And I think a lot of what Michael said, it's not just the song itself; it's the where it fits in the album and the way it completes the story. Okay. Anyone else? What, sorry, recap. What are the other ones we're still? Yeah, so here we've with? got reason to believe. Well, how about I do it this way? I will give us a. This is our semifinals. We'll go through that. Yes, this we should go through whether it should make the last two spots. So why don't we do it that way? Okay. Got enough. Lost of the flood. No. No. Anyone? I made I get like Gabriel said about about when you're alone. I made my case for that. So. Okay, good. All right. I got nothing to add. All right. I think this is a tough one not to include Jungle Land. Made my case, but yep. Yeah. I'm I'm all for including Jungle Land. I, I, that was almost on my list anyhow. All right, we got um, two. It's so the far? same argument that Craig was making about reason. So to right believe. now, the so. right now we have reason to believe. Left is Jungle Land, Chasing Wild Horses, Brilliant Disguise, Born to Run. And, sorry, what have we put through? We have put the River, Highway Patrolman, Thunder Road so far. That's it. Okay. And we're putting in two more? Yeah, we're going to put in two more. So, so far, Reason okay. to Believe is one of those that we think is worthy. That leaves us four more with one more spot. So if we pick two or three, then we could debate down the further. Okay. Jungle Land, we got two. All right, so let's think. Chasing Wild Horses. Who do we got? Anyone? All right. How about Brilliant Disguise? Yeah. We haven't really talked about that one. All right, let's talk about Brilliant Disguise. Let's start with uh, who? I forgot who pushed that one. That was me. Okay. Um, yeah. So, Gabriel, why don't you start with the disguise give us some thoughts it's 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 not my favorite song on uh, on tunnel of love but i think it encapsulates so much of what's great about tunnel of love and it, it's one of those springsteen songs that i found a grower like when i was a kid and first got into it i was obsessed with you know with born to run and with born usa and darkness and those albums and then as i got older it became more things like devils and dust and and tunnel of love and whatnot that started to really mean more to me and Brilliant Disguise is another one of those songs where the first time I heard it, I thought, eh, yeah, whatever. I'd rather go listen to Glory Days again or something. But then as I got older and as I went through more stuff, let's do it again and again. I think it's a very honest, very wrenching, very powerful piece of music. It's not my favorite, but I'd be more than willing to put it forward. So I don't know if it's a story song as much, but that also could be it's a as best written is we didn't say what's his best story song. We said his best written song, correct? So if our buddies at the story song podcast could probably not take this one to break apart, but it does certainly present the story of all the reasons why we shouldn't believe yet. We continue to be Craig, any thoughts on this? On brilliant disguise. 
Yeah. First of all, just because it's not a story doesn't mean it's not great writing. In a lot of ways, the river isn't a complete story, but it's great writing. And we've talked about Jason Wild Horses as a character study. So I don't think it necessarily has to be a story to, to be considered great writing. I think Brilliant Disguise is an amazing song, if only because of its complexity of emotion. We don't get a lot of songs that are released into the top 40 that deal with real adult conflict when you're in a marriage and you think it's supposed to be one way and you realize that's not what it is and you're not who you think you are. Just, uh, I think it's a fantastic song. I think it's incredibly written. I, I like that this is in the discussion. If I want to move it forward ahead of Born to Run, I don't know. But I really like the suggestion that it's an amazingly well-written song. How about Reason to Believe? Reason to Believe? I, If I get two votes for what goes through next, sorry, Outlaw Pete, but I'm going Reason to Believe and, and Born to Run. Okay, good. Michael, how about you? So we've got... Variant Disguise, Reason Believe, Jungle Land, Chase of Wild Horses, Born to Run. I don't want to make cases for songs I picked, but Reason Believe and Brilliant Disguise. But, you know, I would be fine with Jungle Land going through, of course. We've had a, a lot of discussion about that this evening, but of course I'm going to push, want to push through the two that I picked as well, but um, that's up to the that's up to the majority, I'm sure. Okay. Keith, any thoughts? We've got Brilliant Disguise, Reason Believe, Jungle Land, Chasing Wild Horses, Born to Run. There's two spots left. Yeah. So we got five um, to two. I, that's funny. I, Brilliant Disguise is always everybody always just talks about that song. To me, when the album first came out, my first thought was that Brilliant Disguise and Two Faces were of a piece. And that, and I always thought of the two of those together. That in many ways they're both about the same couple. They even both have the same willow tree. And yet, Bully Disguise was the one he released as a single, so that's the one everyone talks about. And I, to my mind, I can't think of one without the other. I think of them as two different stages of the same relationship. Uh, and that's what's, yeah, you know, it's one of the things that's great about it. I, a lot, it's funny. We, the argument for reason to believe is the, almost the same argument as it is for Jungle Land. It's as much its place on the album as it is the song itself. And the way it's as the undercure to the album, or the coda to it, what, whichever pretentious literary term you want to use. <laughs> but the, I would probably go for. I definitely go for Jungle Land. Like I said, that almost made my list. So that, and for all the reasons we we discussed earlier, the. For the other place, I'd I don't know. I'd probably go for Brilliant Disguise just because it it was because it's so evocative, and because and it, it's yet another case of, of a couple who is trying to figure out their place in the world, which is a, a theme he has returned to many times to good effect. Whether it's the sheer optimism of Thunder Road or the sheer pessimism of Spare Parts 
or both as you get in jungle land. It's and and I mean, like I said, I think of it in concert with Two Faces probably more than any other human, but but I think I'd ultimately have to go with Bony Disguise and Jungle Land of the ones we've got left. Okay. Gabriel, you haven't shared yet. Look, yeah, again, I'm reticent to put forward anything that I that I advocated for myself. I certainly support Jungle Land being pushed forward if that's the case. But otherwise, Brilliant Disguise would be probably the other one I would I'd put that over I'd put that over Lost in the Flood or over Reason to Believe. I don't mind Reason to Believe. I, I like it, but this is my you mentioned your sacrilege before being that you're not a big Jungle Land fan. I'm not a huge Nebraska fan, if I'm being completely honest. Sure. There's stuff that I love, like I love Highway Patrolman, but in totality, it's one of my least listened to Springsteen albums. It's just not the mode of Springsteen that I enjoy the most. So I, I wouldn't feel that I could I could passionately advocate for Reason to Believe the same way I could for Brilliant Disguise, even though it's not my favorite song on the album. I think it it is a beautiful encapsulation of everything that makes that album special. So yeah, that would be the one for me, I think, if we're if that brings it to five, I believe. We're still, Jacqueline, what are your thoughts? Right now we've got Jungle Land, Brilliant Disguise, Reason to Believe, Chasing Wild Horses, Born to Run. I think we've taken out Chasing Wild Horses. Oh, Born to Run, I would advocate for as well, 100%. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Sorry, I didn't realize that was in the running, but yes, I would yeah, advocate So that. we have four songs, two slots. So we have Jungle Land, Brilliant Disguise, Reason to Believe, Born to Run, it feels like Brilliant Disguise has given a, a lot of people have thoughts. Jacqueline, of those four, give me your thoughts. Yeah. I Number one was Brilliant Disguise of my picks. So definitely that one. And I would, I want to pick Born to Run out of the others. Very reasons. All right. So show of hands, brilliant disguise. Is everyone okay with that? Craig's the uh, Russian judge. <laughs> that's okay. As that's, we ended up doing this for, we, when we did the countdown of 256 songs that we did this. All right. So we, right now we have the river highway patrolman, thunder road, brilliant disguise. So Jungle Land, Reason to Believe, Born to Run are left. We only have one slot. Now, there is no reason we have to do five. <laughs> we could <laughs> cheat. Sure now and take longer. <laughs> yes, and cheat and just say eight. <laughs> the elite eight. But yeah, if we want to, you know, boy, it is hard not to put Born to Run in there. But I also yeah, that feels I have no problem not putting Born to Run in there. It's actually my least favorite song on Born to Run. Okay, I mean, I, this is not to deny that it is a great song at all. I and and it is a brilliantly written song. But if I had to choose a song to listen to on Born to Run, it would make it would be last on my list of what I would choose. So I'm fine with driving. that's <laughs> almost as controversial as me not liking Jungle Land. Uh, I don't like it. But okay. <laughs> Every song on that album could make a case for this list. I mean, I'm, I'm probably not far off that. You know, it's yeah. not, it wouldn't be my top four songs that album I listen to. It doesn't change the fact that I love the song and I'll listen to it anytime yeah. it comes on in a heartbeat. Yeah. But every song on that album is like a 10 out of 10 straight 
like a home run as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. We're we're arguing margins, really. Yeah. And I do think this is where one of those where we're just saying top five and now then we're like, it'd be 5.1, 5.2, 5.3. The only way you're going to eliminate something is if you nitpick the crap out of it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I think we all agree the River Highway Patrol and Thunder Road bring it to skies. So do we feel better with Jungle Land as the fifth? Reason to Believe is the fifth or Born to Run? And I think we would go, I would choose between Jungle Land and Born to Run. Those are the two in my mind. I choose I'd, Born I'd, to Run. Born to I run. choose Jungle Land. Jungle Land. Okay. okay. All right. Michael's a swing. I'll go Born to Run. All right, so once again, Born to Run, raising hands. Okay, so y'all are born to run. All right, so that's our top five with the, and when I push this out, I will have, I'll list, I'll probably do a a poll and let them see, I'll list all our choices. But we ended up with the River, Highway Patrolman, Thunder Road, Brilliant Disguise, Born to Run, and it would take us another three hours to try to get down to one because I don't think we could. <laughs> I don't no. think we should. <laughs> yeah, it's too hard to get to yeah. one. <laughs> I'm already exhausted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's a pretty good. I, that's that's a nice choice. I think that's really good. Any five? At least, at least now you've got five for people to pull from, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Let the people decide. Let the people decide. Let yes. I think the people decided between Thunder Road and Racing in the Street for best overall song was what our poll ended up. I think it was. We pulled for a few weeks. All right. Let's start with you, Gabriel. How do people reach you and anything to promote? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter and Instagram under the same tag, which is Geo Bergmoser, so my initials then Bergmoser, and uh, I assume you'll have things in like the show notes and stuff yeah. for, for connections, everything. So yeah, that's the easiest way rather than me spelling it out. And yeah, I've got a new book out on the second of August called The Caretaker. It's another dark, isolated, creepy thriller. It's not as violent as The Hunted or The Inheritance, my last two. So you don't have to quite be as horrified by it, but but yeah, that's out with Harper Collins on the second of August. Check that out if you want. And, uh, and yeah, that's the big one, really. All right, very good. Jacqueline, how do they find you? Anything to promote? Yes. I am, the best way to find all my social media handles is to just go to my website, which is themanifestit.com. And I am going to be, interv- I've already been interviewed, but I'm about to have my photo shoot um, next, this Friday for Psychology Today. They interviewed me about how I use my intuition in my life, but I we specifically talk about Bruce Springsteen. So that's going to be in the magazine um, probably in July or August. And I am, yeah, I started my publishing company last year. So I'm helping writers become authors and I've published two books so far and both of them that I helped to bring to life went to number one 
so if you're interested in publishing a book, then I would check out my website. Very nice. Craig, how about you? What do you got working on? I'm still pushing all caps, stories that justify an outrageous hat collection, which isn't actually about hats. It's more about the things that'll knock you down you don't even see coming. But uh, you can find me through colbyvision.net. I'm working on a book I hope to have out of Christmas called The Unqualified Hockey Coach and Other Stories. And one of the stories in there is 12 Seconds with the Boss, which talks about meeting Bruce Springsteen on his book tour. And it was quite an inspirational experience. And it wasn't just meeting him. Oh, very nice. Michael, how about you? You can find all my stuff at michael-elliot.com. That's with two L's and two T's on the Elliot. And my book is still out. It's in paperback as well as hardback or hardcover, I should say. And Audible and what is it? Kindle. Yeah, ebook. Have a little faith in John Hyatt's story. And I have a feature coming up in the next print issue of No Depression about Mac McCormick and his archive that was just turned over to the Smithsonian. And I would talk with his, Mac McCormick's daughter about that. And John Troutman, who's head of the archive, is a fascinating article. I got a, another feature coming up pretty soon, an interview with Rufus Wainwright and a couple other folks about his new album, In No Depression. A lot of stuff, a lot of irons in the fire and still working on that uh, second book, hopefully. Very nice. And Keith, when you're not at a convention, what's going on with you? Not a lot of those. In fact, I just came from one before you recorded this. If you Google Keith DeCandido, I'm the only one who's going to turn up. I'm very active on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. I have a YouTube channel where I read one of my short stories once a month. It's called Prad Readings. I have a Patreon which has movie reviews, TV reviews, and excerpts from my works in progress, as well as a lot of cat pictures. I I have a blog, because I'm old, and, um, and I update that fairly regularly. I write about pop culture for Tor.com. I've got a new novel that just came out recently called Phoenix Precinct, which is the latest book in my fantasy police procedural series, which is Law and Order meets Lord of the Rings, or was one reviewer called it Dungeons and Dragnet. I like I, that. That's nice. Yeah, That's I, I wish good. I'd come up with it myself. I just, I, I, I love that. I have written a Resident Evil comic book, which is being released by Tokyo Pop. Issue two just came out. It's a five issue miniseries. It's a prequel to the animated series Infinite Darkness. I've got two anthologies I've edited that are coming out later this year. Uh, one is called Double Trouble, which is an anthology of two fisted team ups that I edited with Jonathan Mayberry. And then I've Ren Sims and I edited an anthology called The Four Somethings of the Apocalypse, which are alternative quartets that bring about the end of the world. Do you sleep? Do you get any sleep? <laughs> and I have given up on such outmoded concepts as sleep, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I got a bunch of short stories coming out this year as well, and in a bunch of different anthologies and, and magazines and such. Like, like I said, find me online. I'm very easy to cyberstalk. And I update my my social media fairly regularly. Very nice. I'm always looking for feedback. And if you can send me an email, setlustingbruce at gmail.com. I have a voicemail, 469-249-2442. I'm on setlustingbruce 
The show is Set Listing Bruce on Twitter at Jesse Jackson DFW. Thank you, my wonderful guest. I appreciate all of you joining me. I hope you had as much fun as I did. Thank you for listening. Please remember to be safe, be kind, and remember if we open up our hearts, love won't forsake us. Just let the music take us and carry us home. Bye, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. There we go. Another episode. I'm about to go through a couple of things where you can reach me and give me feedback. Um, So if you want to skip this, I understand. But I do hope you check it out every once in a while. I'm available on Twitter at Jesse Jackson DFW. The show is available at SetLustingBruce. You can send me an email, setlustingbruce at gmail.com. You can send me a voicemail at 469-249-2442. I am currently doing a few other podcasts, perfectly good podcast, John Hyatt from A to Z, where Sylvan Groth and I discuss every John Hyatt song in alphabetical order. My Babylon 5 podcast is Last Best Hope for Conversation, where Lou, Karen, and I discuss every episode of Babylon 5 in chronological order. I still am doing Next Stop Everywhere, the Doctor Who podcast with my brother in time, Charles Skaggs. And then finally, How Many Podcasts, the only podcast on the internet that counts, where my buddies and I discuss pop culture. You can go to our Patreon page and support the podcast for as little as a dollar a month. You can go to our Facebook page, like, and please, please go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and leave a five-star rating and review for all of the podcasts that I'm doing. It's okay if you don't listen to them, but if you subscribe and rate, it really will make my day better. Thank you, and I will talk to you soon. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listing Bruce. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.